Welcome to Family Vision Media and Stacy on the right here with our video podcast. And I'm so happy to welcome today Phil Cook, who is, I, it's hard for me to describe him. Um, he does so many cool things. He's also my secret go-to guy. Like if I have a question, has anything to do with pretty much anything, I just email him and I get back reams of like reading material and information, usually written by himself or someone on his team. So he's like a secret superpower that I have now, like Demetrius. Um, so I'm so excited to welcome him. Listen, his, he's Phil Cook. He's media producer, coach, speaker, author. His website is philcook.com. And he is the author of another book called Ideas on a Deadline. Phil, thank you for coming on with me today. Well, thank you, Stacy. That's quite an intro. I, I should carry you around and have you intro me everywhere. That's pretty nice. Happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can put me in your pocket. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> So let's talk about the book. I, I love that I, we were just saying before we press the record button that I feel like there's a certain look of your books. It's, it's a marketing genius when you can have someone kind of recognize your book before they look and see, oh, that's by Phil Cook. So this is another book in a series of books that you've written. And they're not all on the same things. This one is particularly interesting because it deals with creativity. So tell us, first of all, why did you write this book and what is it about? Well, you know, it's funny. I've spent my career leading creative people, whether they're filmmakers, whether it's a television crew, designers, writers, whatever. And there's a myth out there. There's a lot of people that think that creativity is about waiting for inspiration, you know, sitting on the back porch until the idea gods drop something on you. But the truth is writers have to show up. Designers have to show up. Filmmakers have to show up. And it's true for really anybody, whether you're a real estate agent or a teacher or a salesman, whatever you do, you have to show up with ideas. You know, projects happen. And, uh, you know, I've, I've produced a couple Super Bowl commercials in my career, and I discovered the Super Bowl will not delay the football game because I can't come up with a good idea for the commercial. So <laughs> all my career, I've spent living under deadlines because broadcast TV is, is all about being deadline driven. So I wanted to write something that would help creative people understand that there are ways to really unlock breakthrough creativity, even when you're feeling pressure, even when that deadline is closing. And I think that it's going to really help people understand that they can still, you know, you don't have to sacrifice brilliant ideas just because you have a deadline. So I think that's really the key reason I wrote the book. Okay. So instead of saying to myself, I need to think up of a new website name, or I need a, right. you know, there's, there's a ton of these things that happen over the course of the month for me as a radio host, where I have to think up something that's kind of outside of my, my normal comfort zone. So you're actually saying that instead of me waiting until creativity strikes, I have to actually sit down and put in the work of starting that engine up myself. Yes. Uh, you know, when it comes to writing, for instance, uh, uh, someone once said that the art of writing is the art of connecting the seat of your pants to the seat of a chair. Um, you do have to show up to do the work. I think it was Jack London, the novelist that said, I don't wait for inspiration. I go after it with a club. Um, you know, and, and the, the first thing you really have to do, Stacy, is understand and be comfortable with deadlines. It's kind of a, you know, a dirty little secret out there that hyper creative people, people at the top of their game really do love deadlines. And uh, for me, I don't even start a project until I see the deadline looming in the distance. There's something about, you know, an incoming deadline that makes my blood start pumping and makes my energy jack up. And suddenly I start thinking and, and it's maybe it's a little fear and a little excitement all mixed in together. But once we become comfortable with deadlines, we stop learning to fear them 
and we really start welcome, welcoming them because deadlines give us kind of a, I don't know, a, a fence, a target, if you will. They Suddenly we know, okay, that, that idea has to be delivered next Tuesday. So let me plan out the week. Let me think of what I need to do to be ready for that. So deadlines are a really positive thing. Just because you're creative, don't think, you know, I just need all the time in the world. Deadlines really help you focus and you'll find that they really help your creativity shoot through the roof. Okay. So you're kind of setting people free because I know I've been on the creative side myself. It is kind of a thing amongst creatives where we sit around and we kind of complain to each other. Oh, I hate deadlines. Oh, you know, I have a hard time being on time. Things, things like that. You'll hear people say it and they'll say, well, it's because I'm creative. And they're kind of apologetically kind of explaining that it's something that they've not been over to overcome, able to overcome. Yeah. Instead, it's a part of how they live. And and it brings stress and anxiety because I, speaking from my own experience, what happens is I do actually, the closer I get to the deadline, I become more anxious about it. But then yeah. I am much more likely to sit down and at least plot out some, some ideas or some things that have to do with the deadline. And then all of a sudden in that process, I'll go, that's what, it, that's what this is about. And then I will just ram right through it. And then yeah. I'll come, you know, come out of my little, little studio. We're just over there. And I'm like, yeah, that's done. And sometimes it's beforehand. Sometimes it's right at the edge of the deadline, but it does tend to happen after I've sat down. I, I rarely am sitting watching old episodes of Law and Order and suddenly struck by an amazing, you know, speech yeah. idea or op-ed or something like that. So you're saying reverse the process, Yes. get into your chair, your office, wherever you work, sit down and start working on the thing, whatever it is. And instead of kind of plotting it off on the creative process, actually make it happen by starting. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm Van Gogh said, if you want to start a painting and you're stuck and you just got an empty canvas, throw some paint on there. Just start with something. It's funny. You Before the show today, you mentioned my book, The Way Back. Mm -hmm. When uh, I wrote that book with Jonathan Bach, we actually wrote twice as much material as we needed for the book. We actually edited out an entire book. And so I'm a big advocate of just don't feel the pressure to be perfect every time. Just just get it down. Just throw it out there. I'm Sometimes I, I don't call myself a writer as much as a rewriter. It's important for me just to throw it out there on the page and then start going through it and making sure what works, what doesn't work, what's good, what's not so good. And so I think just starting is a really, really big step forward. And, and one of the keys to starting, by the way, Stacey, is understanding the importance of saying no. You know, one of the reasons that I think we, we get so frustrated, so angry, have so much anxiety over deadlines is we're not willing to say no to other things. You know, if we're, gonna if we're gonna, going to accomplish something really important in our life, I just believe we have to say no to some very good things in order to make the space, make the margin, make the time for something really, really important. I mean, I read something the other day that, you know, most people when they're, you know, we're all going back to the office now to some degree. And a lot of people, when they're back in their office, they just leave their door wide open all day. And I know people will just walk in and plop down on, the, on a chair and just start talking. And I read some studies recently that said that when you're interrupted, when you're focused on work in your office and someone walks in and interrupts you, when you're ready to go back to work, it'll take 20 to 40 minutes to get back to that same level of focus you were at before the interruption. And so that means how many of those interruptions can you handle in a day before the entire day is blown? So we just really have to be intentional 
about saying no. And, and in the book, it's funny, in the book, I talk about some gracious ways to say no. You know, there are not, you don't have to be a jerk. There's some nice ways to say no, but it's critical that you learn to say no to some things so you can really focus on what's important in your life. So I have to say that obviously the book is amazing because you just explained a concept that I've recently implemented. I literally had to because I have some new projects that I'm working on. And in order to get them completed, because there are deadlines associated, I've had to say no to some things that I routinely say yes to, almost to the point of exhausting myself. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong. Why don't I have the energy to work on this? I know the deadline is coming and I have to get done. And my husband just said in passing, Phil, which is something men do, I really annoying. Yes. He goes, oh, well, maybe you should stop doing one through five. He just rattled them off. Didn't even slow down. Said that and just kept on going. So I'm sitting there like, what did he say? I should stop such and so and so. I felt confusion. Uh, I wasn't angry at all. I was just like, what is he What is he talking about? And so then I, I just... I kept on kind of looking at, I have all these things to do and I'm still trying to piece it together. I get up, I go into the kitchen to get something to drink. I come back. And when I look down again, all the things that I'm trying to fit in were the five things he'd listed off. And so I just started texting and emailing and saying, listen, I can't do this. I need, I need two weeks. If you want me to do this with you, I, I need two weeks. Um, right now I'm working on X. And so I just explained, I'm working on X until yes. I'm done with that. I just need some time. I would love to help you. And he also said later, right before bed, he was like, well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, if you're not being paid to do it, you probably should put that on the back burner for now until you get these projects finished. And it really helped me get some clarity because the people who I'm doing things for free for actually appreciate me doing yeah. it. So when I can't do it, if I explain, listen, I, I'd love to be doing this, but I just have to finish. So I say all of that to say, this isn't as complex as we make it, but we still probably need you to write a book to teach us how to get it done. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Warren, Warren Buffett, the investor, said the difference between successful people and really successful people is really successful people say no most of the time. Um, it's, and, and, and like I say, you don't have to be a jerk. You can be very gracious. People, you know, people just don't think they don't understand that you have your own schedule. You have a priority list. You have, a, you know, many, many things to do. I, I saw one quote recently that if you spend most of your day sending and receiving email, you're spending most of your day responding to other people's priorities. There's a time when we need to close the door, focus on the priorities for us that we feel called to do, that we feel like, our, you know, that's our purpose for living. And really focus on those things to get them done. So your husband is a very wise man. You you did well. Well, I like to say that I'm going to go ahead and keep him because he seems <laughs> like he's working out pretty great. But yeah, he's he's pretty awesome at just kind of gliding on in, delivering the payload and, you know, yeah. taking off for home uh, like an F-16 or something. It's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about and, and I'm on your website now. I, I love I love it when people write a book. But what I love even more is if you kind of draw me in by putting a few things on there that I, I can't resist a bulleted list. So you have four areas, Phil okay. Cook, the mindset, it says the method, the motivation, the momentum. Talk to us a little bit. You just actually talked to us about the motivation, start by saying no, but go into it a little bit further. I mean, it, it's such a great thing. You can find this at philcook.com. If you're, if you're listening to this or you're watching it and you're thinking, I want to see the bulleted list, my friend, go to his website, philcook.com. Okay, tell us a little bit more. 
Well, the motivation is simple. Most people just, their lives are so cluttered. They're so filled with different things. We're so, we live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world that we just don't have the room to come up with creative ideas, no matter what the deadline might be. And so one of the things I talk about in the book is getting organized. And, I, and trust me, I, you know, we kind of live in this age of the productivity cult. We're trying so hard to be productive. Um, I've got three or four to-do lists on my computer. I've got different apps for it. I've got a print notebook that I created actually a number of years ago. And um, we're just obsessed with productivity. But the truth is, if we want to be creative, we also need some space to reflect, to just think about stuff. When I, when I look back over my career, some of the best, I, best ideas I've ever had came to me when I was bored out of my mind. Uh, very often, we need that time away from our phone, away from our to-do list, away from social media to really reflect, think. You know, one of the big part processes in creativity is when your mind, your subject. Um, when your um, subconscious mind starts making connections that we would have never thought of in our normal life. And so I think that if we can get organized a little bit, we don't have to become obsessive about productivity, but, you know, clear the desk, have a way to open up some margins and some, some time during the day for you to really focus on the important things you need to focus on. That's the place we have to start. And if we can do that, it'll make a huge difference. I just, I mean, think of how often we're, we're stuck at the grocery store in line or at the doctor's office waiting in the waiting room. What do we do? We pull out our phone. We pull out our phone and start doing that endless scroll through our, our Instagram. We just start checking our email and our, our messages. What if we just put the phone down for a while? What if we just started watching people, looking around, letting ideas happen? You'd be amazed at the things that will pop into your brain, the ideas that will come together, the connections that are made. We just need to open up our time. And I think that's a really important mindset to get into to really start living a creative life. And like I said at, at the beginning, this is not just for professional creative people. This is for anybody, executives, moms, uh, teachers, whatever. We all need to deliver ideas when we need them the most. And so opening up that time, I think, is really, really important. Okay. So now, and and that was all fantastic. In fact, one of the things I noticed, I was looking at my screen time, you know, the Apple phone will tell you once a week. It's always on Sunday. Like I sit down at church. It's literally five minutes after I sit down at church, the little thing comes flying across and says, yeah. and it makes a little sound. I look down and it says screen time up 25% this past week. And I'm like, how? How is that possible? I felt like I had no time last week. So you're right. We, we do that a lot. So there's additionally on your website, under the mindset, you talk about never missing a deadline, the eureka moment, and why passion isn't enough. Now, I yeah. can tell you, motivational speakers will often, because I, I follow a couple on Instagram, and they'll often talk about you know passion and motivation, but they always bring it back to you have to you have to start. So if you don't feel passionate and you don't feel motivated, they talk about uh, you know really wealthy people, people who are very successful, not just successful but people who go the extra level of success, actually their, their, their routine is their secret weapon. It's not so much that they're brilliant, which they usually are, but beyond the brilliance or maybe underpinning it is this routine. But yes. for some people like myself, this is really hard for me is creating a routine. So talk to us, like talk us through that a little bit. Cause I know it can be, it, it feels to me overwhelming. Like I need a person to come in and tell me what to do because I know what needs to be done, but I'm not sure how to organize it into a place where I can actually do it. Like, the, and I'm not a baby. I have college age kids. I'm so this is something I should have managed already. <laughs> this is a great question. And in the book, I go into great deal of detail about this because you're exactly right. 
If you study the lives of extremely creative people, great novelists, filmmakers, writers, dancers, musicians, super creative people, you will discover that 99.9% .9 of them were slaves to routine. It's amazing how important a routine is in our lives. One of the things I learned early on was what time of day I'm most creative. You know, we all live with circadian rhythm. There are times of day we're incredibly productive. Other times, forget it. Uh, for me, I'm super productive between 6 a.m. and noon. After lunch, I can do podcasting. I can make client calls. I can go to meetings. But as far as intense creative work, forget it in the afternoon or evening. On the other hand, my wife has rock star hours. She really perks up after dinner at nighttime. Wow. And so I learned that if I can kind of protect those hours in the morning, then my productivity will dramatically, dramatically change. And even when I had a normal job, I know a lot of people have a, a, a day job and you can't always carve out that kind of time. But first of all, find out when that time is and then protect it as much as possible. When I was working full time for another organization, I uh, decided I, I learned that morning was my time. So I would come in two hours early to work. And I had those two hours and I wrote my first two books during those two hours. Nobody was calling, phone wasn't ringing, nobody else was in the office. And I had those two prime hours just to myself. So once you find the, the time of day, then find the best place. I mean, where are you most creative? For me, it's in my office at home. Um, I've got all my books, I've got my monitor, I got my computer and all my resources. Other people would rather be at Starbucks. There's actually research that indicates some people are inspired by the dull roar of co coffee shop conversation. Um, I don't know where it would be for you, but the truth is, if you can find the time of day, find the best place where you're most creative, that alone will start unlocking some amazing things because we really, really are a slave to routine. And you know, from working out, from studying, from devotional time, um, the more we can incorporate that into a regular schedule, the more it becomes a habit and the more often we'll do it and the more productive and creative we can be. Yeah. And, you know, the benefits of that actually multiply over time, which I think is part of the power of routine is that over time, the routine actually creates space around itself for other good things to happen, whether it's the actual time or, you know, time that's later, whatever the the time, the actual time is, it's the routine that creates that. I, I find it fascinating that as you're talking about this, so it clicks as you're talking about it, but it's not something that I'm going to kind of come upon myself. Like it's, it's something someone who knows about it has to write about for others to learn about in order, you know, in order to get it, right. this is not your natural, oh, I was just, you know, gardening and this came upon me, you know, that routine is so yeah. important. I have to actually have someone to teach about this. So um, I want to respect your time. I, I, I always love talking to you so much. And I know that you'll be getting an email from my other producer about coming on the serious show to talk about this book because sure. everyone there needs to hear about this. Um, but I want to, I want to talk about one more quick thing before we sure. close out. So Phil, talk to me about, um, you have something here under the method and I'm skipping ahead just a, a smidge, but it says showers, driving and the thinking chair. I can't let you go without asking about that. <laughs> well, that chapter, I talk about some of the things we, we get into a section of the book that really the most important section about what are some of the techniques and ideas for making or suggestions for making ideas happen when you need them. One of the great ideas that so many people use, and there's been a quite a bit of research on it, is taking a shower. In my case, I don't know what it is. When that water hits me, the ideas start flowing. 
A lot of researchers think it's because we just relax and our subconscious again starts making connections. Um, in fact, I was, I'm so productive in the shower, I got frustrated because by the time I get out of the shower, turn the water off, dry off, find a pencil and piece of paper, I forgot about the idea. So I was complaining about it one day in the office and one of my assistants went online and found a company called Aquanotes. They actually make waterproof legal pads. So I got those. So now I can just right away in the shower when I need to. And the ideas hit me. So yeah. that's one thing. Um, other ideas are, are John Maxwell, the leadership expert, talks about the thinking chair. He's actually got a chair in his office. He told me about this one day. We were speaking at a conference together and he said he's got a chair in his office. He does nothing but think in it. He doesn't make notes in it. He doesn't write in it. He doesn't have conversations with people in it. He said, again, it's the routine. He said, you start sitting in that chair and all he does is think. And he says he's done it for so long. The minute he sits in there, his brain switches into thinking mode. And he said most of his great ideas happen when he's in that chair. And it's large. It's not nothing magical about the chair, mm -hmm. but he's just gotten into that routine of using that chair for nothing else but thinking. And uh, it's, it's a lot like people that have insomnia. The doctor will tell them, don't stop eating in bed, stop watching TV in bed, just focus on sleeping when you're in bed. And it starts to condition your brain. What they say about sex, I don't know, but um, at least try to start sleeping in bed and it makes a difference. <laughs> your, brain, your brain loves those kind of routines. Uh, when I'm driving in the car, I, I have so many ideas in the car. I I'm constantly telling my wife, grab my phone and jot this down and email me. And she drives her nuts. But Willie Nelson said one time that his best songs he writes when he's driving. So mm. I just think there's little in the in the book, I talk about some tricks, some little creative extensions that really make a difference when it when you are under pressure. I even talk about dreams, you know, do dreams help us with ideas and uh, how to make those yield some of the best ideas. And so there's little tricks like that, little ideas that really make a difference in helping amp up our productivity and amp up our creativity. Oh my gosh. So just like I couldn't put the other book down, my husband literally said, what are you doing? I was standing in the kitchen next to the center Island. I'd come in to get a cup of coffee and I'd stopped because I had the book. I have, I, so I audible and with a couple of books, not, not all books, but with a few, I'll have the book itself and then I'll have the audible. And I'll switch back and forth. And so with yours, I was doing that. And I was standing there looking at the book and it was like, I was frozen. He said, what are you doing? And I was like, what? He said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I, I'm listening to this book by Phil Cook. He said, you mean you're reading it? I said, I am listening to it, but I just looked down to see something he'd said a little bit ago. He said, what? I'm like, just leave me alone. I need to finish this chapter. I have, I have, I have to listen <laughs> to this chapter. So I loved it so much. It was, there were things in there where, I was literally listening and thinking, I don't know if I agree with this, but instead of feeling like I needed to put it down, I, I, I had to plow through. I had to get to the next part so I could kind of complete the thought. Do I agree with this or not? Like this, I, I'm not sure what yeah. this concept really even means to me. So, and that's not usual for me when it's the topic matter of the way back, that's about faith. And so I, you know, not usual for me to have that reaction, but I can't wait to read this. Uh, the website is philcook.com. It's actually, let me just say for a second, since I'm letting you go. Um, so this website, it's one of my favorites because there's so much here. He has this thing up at the top where he has like cook media group books. He's not kidding about that. There's a the gobsmack of books over there. He has a speaking schedule and you can have him speak. He has buzz. He's a podcast. He also does a lot of videos. So you can watch Phil talk about all kinds of cool things. 
So I can't recommend it enough. Head over. Um, and guess what? I'm going to have Phil on the night show on Sirius XM. So you can see him there as well. Listen, have a great afternoon. Share the show and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts and visit our website, familyvisionmedia.org. All right. God bless. And we'll see you next time.